广播。现在就开始今天下午六个小时的中文节目。这一小时的节目是国际新闻、新动态英语、时事经纬、社论。首先，请听国际新闻。各位听众好，今天是四月十一号，北京时间下午五点。现在请听国际新闻：美国和韩国军队为朝鲜可能进行导弹试射而继续保持高等级警戒状态。有关官员说，朝鲜随时会进行导弹试射。韩国国防部星期四说，已经为应对朝鲜导弹试射做好充分准备。韩国国防部发言人说，韩国军队已经准备好拦截导弹。这位发言人说，首尔认为这次导弹试射可能会在下个星期一或在此之前进行。下星期一是已故朝鲜建国领导人金日成的生日。这是朝鲜最重要的日子之一，但是韩国国防部拒绝对日本共同社的一篇报道发表评论。该报道援引没有透露姓名的日本防卫省官员的话说：“平壤已经将一个导弹发射架置于升高的位置，据信朝鲜已经将数枚中程导弹移至其东海岸。”准备进行试射，以显示朝鲜有能力袭击该地区的美国目标。人权观察说，叙利亚蓄意对平民进行非法的、不加区别的袭击。该组织敦促国际社会向叙利亚政府施加压力，要求停止这种行为。人人权观察星期四发表一份报告。列举了叙利亚政府军在去年八月至十二月对反对派控制地区阿勒颇、伊德利卜以及拉塔基亚发动的五十九次空袭。人权观察说，包括针对面包房和医院的空袭，一共导致一百五十二个人死亡。看来，这种空袭是一种有计划运动的组成部分。而这种行为等同于反人类罪行。美国总统奥巴马提出总额为 3.77 万亿的2014年度美国联邦政府预算提案。奥巴马说，该预算是在财政上对中产阶级就业以及经济增长负责任的蓝图。奥巴马在白宫发表讲话的时候说，该预算将调整社会安全福利的计算方式，并且改变针对企业和富人的税法。根据奥巴马的预算方案，美国今后十年将通过增税和削减预算，减少近两万亿美元的赤字，其中包括对年收入一百万美元以及一百万美元以上的美国人。征收至少为 30% 的所得税。国际货币基金组织领导人拉加德说：“世界大部分地区的经济状况正在改善之中，但是在欣欣向荣和苦苦挣扎的不同经济体之间的差别，比以往任何时候都更触目惊心。”
拉加德星期三在纽约发表讲话的时候说：“金融市场的改善在一些地区并没有转化成具体经济体的发展以及人民生活的改善。”一位美国的军事法官说：“一名参与突击本拉登住所大院的美国军人可能会在美军陆军一等兵布拉德·曼宁的审判会上作证。”曼宁被控大量泄露了美国国家机密。美国政府声称，这名作为美国海军海豹突击队成员的证人，收集到了电子证据，显示本拉登曾经获得一些曼宁提供给维基解密网站的机密文件。四家主要日本汽车公司将在世界各地召回大约三百四十万辆汽车，原因是气袋可能存在问题。国际新闻报告完了，这是张燕向各位报告的。Hello, I'm Elizabeth Moore. Welcome to Functioning in Business. 听众朋友们好，我是杨晨，欢迎收听商务通英语。Functioning in Business is an intermediate level business English course with a focus on American business practices and culture. 商务通英语是中等程度的商务英语课程。课程题材以美国的商务实践和文化为主，通过电台播音室里的采访和绘画讲授美国英语。今天我们复习本星期的课程，第一课的题目是一个新的开端，第四部分，重点学习怎样谈情况的变化。首先是电话访谈。我们通过电话采访在北京的 Blake 先生。Today we are talking again to Charles Blake in Beijing. Hello, Mr. Blake. Hi, Elizabeth. On our last show, we listened to your conversation with Mr. Chapman of Federal Motors. Yes, that conversation took place last year. After that, we signed the deal, and the robots were installed in their factory last December, right on schedule. Congratulations! Thank you. Everything is going quite well. So what happens now? Well, it's very interesting, actually. Last week I got a call from Mike Epstein of Advanced Technologies. Yes, you remember. His company decided not to buy our robots. Well, he had some interesting news. Would you like to hear a recording of that conversation? Yes, I would. Okay, let's listen to the first part of that conversation. Yes, this is Charles Blake speaking. Hello, Charles. This is Mike Epstein calling. Oh, Mike, it's good to hear from you. What's up? Well, to begin with, I've decided to leave Advanced Technologies. I'm going to work for another company. I've been thinking about it for quite a while now. Last week, I was offered a position at Data Systems Incorporated. Well, congratulations. Thanks. 词句代换，请大家注意听老师示范做的词句代换。I've decided to leave advanced technologies. I've decided to quit my job. I'm going to work for another company. I've accepted a job with another company. I've been thinking about it for quite a while now. I've been considering it for quite some time. 
I was offered a position at Data Systems. Data Systems has made me an offer. 下面请听我们结束对 Blake 先生的采访。So Mr. Epstein decided to leave Advanced Technologies? Yes, he accepted a position at another company. I knew that Mike wasn't completely happy at Advanced Technologies. He was something of a risk taker, and his boss Shirley Graham was more conservative. Yes, that was my impression too. Well, Mr. Blake, thank you for being our guest today. Thank you, Elizabeth. 文化点滴，讨论的问题是美国公司用什么方法来吸引新的人才。Today's email question is: What do American companies do to attract new employees? Well, in America today, companies have to compete with each other to hire the most qualified employees. This is especially true in high-tech industries. People with up-to-date knowledge can get very attractive offers. What's an example of an attractive offer, Gary? Well, signing bonuses are becoming more common. That means that you get a large amount of money when you accept a job offer. Really, even before you start to work? That sounds great. Yes, or the company might lease a luxury car for you to use. It is also common for companies to offer stock or stock options to new employees. So you own part of the company. Nice. Yes, many companies today realize that their greatest strength is the people who work for the company. That's why they want to hire the very best people. Thanks, Gary. That was very informative. Let's listen to today's business dialogue. From your resume, it looks like you've changed jobs three times in two years. Yes, I've been trying to find a job where I can become an editor. At my last three jobs, I did some editing, but I was considered more of an administrative assistant. So that's why you've decided to apply here. Yes, and I believe that I have the editing skills you need. What kinds of things have you edited? Well, I've worked on a wide variety of projects. At Harrison Publishing, I worked mostly on children's books, and at Box Books, I was in the reference department. I see. Your degree is in business, isn't it? Yes, but I did a minor in journalism, and I worked as an editor on the school newspaper. Well, Vicky, I'll have to think this over and give you a call. In the meantime, I'd like to look at some samples of your work. Sure, I've got some samples right here. It looks like you've changed jobs three times in two years. Yes, I've been trying to find a job where I can become an editor. So that's why you've decided to apply here. Yes, I believe that I have the editing skills you need. 
Your degree is in business, isn't it? Yes, but I did a minor in journalism. Gary 提示 Today I'll be talking about leading questions. It's a way to keep a conversation going. What's a leading question? A leading question is when you state information and then wait for the other person to confirm or deny it. For example, in today's business dialogue, the manager begins making a statement, and then waits for Vicky to say yes or no. In this situation, waiting for confirmation is the same as saying, "Is that right?" From your resume, it looks like you've changed jobs three times in two years. Yes, I've been trying to find a job where I can become an editor. A leading question will often begin with "so," as in this example. So that's why you've decided to apply here. Yes, and I believe that I have the editing skills you need. Leading questions often include tag questions like "Isn't it?" or "Aren't you?" And at Box Books, I was in the reference department. I see. Your degree is in business, isn't it? Yes, but I did a minor in journalism. In business and social situations, leading questions are one way to keep a conversation going. Thanks for joining us today for Gary's Tips. Thank you, Gary. 本星期第二课的题目是一个新的开端第五部分，重点学习请人帮忙和答应给人帮忙的用语。首先是电话访谈。Today we are talking to Mr. Mike Epstein. He is speaking to us from his new office at Data Systems Incorporated. Hello, Mr. Epstein. Hello, Elizabeth. Mr. Blake told us about your decision to leave Advanced Technologies. Yes, I felt it was time for a change. Advanced Technologies is an excellent company, and working there was a very valuable experience for me. But it was time to move on. I see. You know. I've always been interested in state-of-the-art technology, and Advanced Technologies, despite its name, was a rather conservative company. So when this opportunity at Data Systems came up, I couldn't afford to turn it down. Okay, let's listen now to more of your conversation with Mr. Blake. Last week, I was offered a position at Data Systems Incorporated. Well, congratulations. Thanks, but the reason I'm calling you is that I'll be working on a new project. It's very similar to the one I was working on before. In fact, there's a good chance that we'll be interested in your technology. Well, that's great news. I'll be looking forward to hearing from you. If you could keep me informed of any new developments, I'd really appreciate it. I'll certainly do that. The reason I'm calling you is. I'm calling you because. There's a good chance that. It's very likely that. 
if you could keep me informed of any new developments. If you could let me know about any new developments. So you and Mr. Blake may work together after all. Yes, my new company is very interested in Mr. Blake's robots. I think we may be able to do business together. I was always impressed by their technology, and I felt I could trust Charles. Well, Mr. Epstein, thank you for taking the time to talk with us. Any time, Elizabeth. Today's email question is: What is intellectual property? And why are American companies so concerned about protecting their intellectual property? Well, let's begin with a definition. Intellectual property means the ideas and information that are created by a company. A company owns its intellectual property. It has value, just like a computer or a desk. When you leave a company, you can't take your computer or your desk with you. No, you can't. That's stealing. Well, ideas can belong to a company, and if you leave the company, you can't use those ideas at your new company. Is this a big problem? Well, it's a big problem in high-tech industries like computer software. Let's say you work for a company that makes computer games. Then you leave that company and go to another company that also makes computer games. You have a lot of knowledge that belongs to your first company. That's intellectual property. So how can a company protect its intellectual property? One way is to require all employees to sign a confidentiality agreement. A confidentiality agreement says that you can't use any secret information after you leave the company. That makes sense. Thanks for today's tips, Gary. Charles, I have a favor to ask of you. You know that I've always done my best to help you. I need an introduction to Henry Hightower, the president of Global Tires Incorporated. I was wondering if you could help me. Well, I do socialize with Henry. Sometimes we play tennis together. Yes, I know. Why do you want to see him? I've developed a new process at my laboratory. I believe that it would reduce his manufacturing costs. Well, in that case, I think that he'd be very happy to talk to you. I've tried going to see Mr. Hightower at his office, but his assistant won't let me see him. His assistant? Oh yes, that's Robert. He's very protective. Robert's been with Henry for over twenty-five years. If you could help me meet him, I'd really appreciate it. I'll certainly do what I can. I really appreciate it. No problem. I hope it works out for both of you. I have a favor to ask of you. You know that I've always done my best to help you. 
I need an introduction to Henry Hightower. I was wondering if you could help me. If you could help me meet him, I'd really appreciate it. I'll certainly do what I can. Gary 提示 Today, I'll be talking about requests and promises. In today's business dialogue, Betty asks Charles a favor. One way to ask a favor is to say, I'd like to ask you a favor. She uses another expression, I have a favor to ask of you. Let's listen. Charles, I have a favor to ask of you. You know that I've always done my best to help you. Betty tells Charles what she needs, and then she uses the expression, I was wondering if you could help me. This is a polite way to make a request. I need an introduction to Henry Hightower, the president of Global Tires Incorporated. I was wondering if you could help me. Later on, she repeats her request using this expression. If you could help me meet him, I'd really appreciate it. I'll certainly do what I can. This conversation is similar to the earlier conversation between Mr. Epstein and Mr. Blake. Let's listen. If you could keep me informed of any new developments, I'd really appreciate it. I'll certainly do that. Making requests and promises are an important part of using English in business situations. I hope today's tips were helpful. Thanks for joining us today. Thanks, Gary. 第三课的题目是一个新的开端，第六部分，重点学习怎样结束一次谈话。首先是电话访谈，我们通过电话再次采访Blake先生，并且要听他和Epstein先生谈话的最后一部分。Today we are talking again to Charles Blake. Hello, Mr. Blake. Hello. On our last show, we listened to your conversation with Mr. Epstein. It looks like you two may work together. Yes, his new company may be able to use our technology. I'm working on scheduling a meeting with Mike and some of his colleagues at his new company. Yes, I was very pleased to receive that phone call from Mike. Okay, let's listen now to the end of that conversation. there's a good chance that we'll be interested in your technology. Well, that's great news. I'll be looking forward to hearing from you. If you could keep me informed of any new developments, I'd really appreciate it. I'll certainly do that. By the way, I heard that you made a deal with Federal Motors. Yes, we did. Congratulations. Thank you. Next time we get together, we'll have to celebrate. Sounds good, Mike. And maybe we'll even get in a round of golf. Good idea. Well, let's keep in touch. Definitely. Thanks for calling, and good luck with your new job. Thanks. Goodbye. Goodbye. I heard that you made a deal with Federal Motors. I heard that you signed a contract with Federal Motors. Next time we get together, we'll have to celebrate. Let's celebrate the next time we get together. Maybe we'll even get in a round of golf. Perhaps we'll be able to play some golf.
面我们结束对 Blake 先生的采访。How's your business going? Are you beginning to see sales in the North American market? Yes, sales are beginning to grow. Federal Motors was our first big deal, and during the past six months, I've made several other deals. I'm very optimistic about our chances of doing well in the U.S. I'm very pleased to hear that, Mr. Blake. Well, I wish you the best of luck in the future. Again, thank you so much for being on our show. It's been a great pleasure. Let's take a short break. Today's email question is: What's a good way to end a conversation in English? Well, in English, there are a number of expressions you can use to bring a conversation to a close. These expressions will tell the other person that the conversation will end soon. Can you give an example? Certainly, you could say. Oh, it's getting late. I'd better get going. I see. Another closing expression is, "Well, it's been nice talking to you." Then you could say, "Say hello to your family," or "Good luck with your new job." Yes, we also sometimes say, "Have a nice day" or "Have a good trip" at the end of a conversation. These expressions are a friendly way to prepare for the end of a conversation before you say goodbye. Thanks, Gary. So I really think that technology stocks will go back up in the future. I certainly hope so. Well, Albert, it's been nice talking to you. I really have to go. I have a three o'clock meeting. Well, I'm really glad that I ran into you. Say hello to Harry. I will, and please tell Mary that I'll call her tomorrow about tennis. I'll do that. And have a good trip to Hawaii. I hope that you and Mary get some good weather. Thanks. I'll call you when we get back. Great. So long. Goodbye. It's been nice talking to you. I really have to go. I'm really glad that I ran into you. Say hello to Harry. Please tell Mary that I'll call her. I'll call you when we get back. Gary 提示 Today I'll be talking about how to end a conversation. In today's business dialogue, we can hear many expressions that can be used at the end of a conversation. After a pause in the conversation, Jenny says, "Well, it's been nice talking to you." She uses both a pause and the word "well" to bring the conversation to a close. So I really think that technology stocks will go back up in the future. I certainly hope so. Well, Albert, 
It's been nice talking to you. I really have to go. Before they say goodbye, they use several other pre-closing expressions. A very common form of pre-closing is to send greetings to other people, such as spouses or co-workers, as in this example. Well, I'm really glad that I ran into you. Say hello to Harry. I will. And please tell Mary that I'll call her tomorrow about tennis. I'll do that. At the end of the phone conversation between Mr. Epstein and Mr. Blake, we can hear other expressions used to close conversations. Mr. Epstein says, Well, let's keep in touch. And Mr. Blake says, Thanks for calling, and good luck with your new job. Good idea. Well, let's keep in touch. Definitely. Thanks for calling, and good luck with your new job. Thanks. Goodbye. Goodbye. Try using these pre-closing expressions at the end of a conversation before you say goodbye. Thank you, Gary. Well, our time is up. Tune in again next time for Functioning in Business. See you then. 各位听众，今天的商务通英语就复习到这里。谢谢各位收听，我们下星期再见。For further study. A functioning in business study kit is available from your local bookstore. 为了帮助学习，商务通英语备有课本和录音带，整套学习辅导材料，听众可以去本地的书店购买。美国之音现在继续播送中文节目。节目内容是美国之音时事经纬。各位听众好，欢迎收听四月十一日星期四的美国之音时事经纬节目，我是大卫。在这个小时的节目时间里，我们将主要为您播报以下一些内容。东北亚各国对于朝鲜即将再次挑衅性发射导弹，并有可能同时发射数枚火箭的消息越来越感到担忧。另外一方面，我们要为您报道，美国总统奥巴马提出总额为三点七七万亿美元的二零一四年度美国联邦政府预算提案。此外，我们还要为您报道，一名联合国高层官员警告说，如果以色列继续限制食品，过境点进入加沙地带就会产生严重后果。以上节目内容，欢迎收听。首先来带您关注有关朝鲜半岛的消息。美国和韩国军队为朝鲜可能进行导弹试射而继续保持高度警戒状态。有关官员说，朝鲜随时会进行导弹试射。美国国防部星期四说，目前已经为应对朝鲜试射做好充分的准备。韩国国防部发言人说，韩国军队已经准备好拦截导弹。这位发言人说，首尔认为这次导弹试射可能在下个星期一或者在之前进行
。下星期一是已故朝鲜建国领导人金日成的生日，这一天是朝鲜的重大节日。但韩国国防部拒绝对日本共同社星期四的一篇报道发表评论。该报道援引没有透露姓名的日本防卫省官员的话说：“平壤已将一个导弹发射架置于上升位置。”美国和韩国的情报评估结果显示，朝鲜已将数枚中程导弹移至其东海岸，准备进行试射，以显示朝鲜有能力袭击该地区的美国目标。美韩联军星期三把警戒级别提升到二级，显示重大威胁迫在眉睫。美国国防部长哈格尔星期三在五角大楼警告平壤，不要再发出更多的威胁。他说：“朝鲜使用好战言论和行动，已经滑向非常危险的边缘。他们的行动和言辞无法帮助消除可能引起冲突的局面。”这是美国之音的中文广播。针对东北亚各国对于朝鲜即将再次挑衅性的发射导弹，并有可能同时发射数枚火箭的消息。越来越感到担忧。下面是美国之音记者赫尔曼从首尔发来的报道：韩国以及美国驻韩国军队提高了情报监视级别，只比战时级别低一级。从情报监视级别三级上升到二级，是因为有迹象显示朝鲜在移动发射器上安装了导弹。监视级别二级的意思是出现了严重威胁。韩国国内媒体报道说。监视级别升级从星期三开始。韩国外交通商部长官尹炳世在韩国国会的一个委员会上表示，敌对的朝鲜已经做好了发射无水端中程弹道导弹的准备。他说，韩国和美国获得的情报已经确认，朝鲜发射导弹的可能性非常大。并随时可能付诸行动。尹炳世说：“平壤从未试射过无水端导弹，这种导弹的射程大约三千五百公里，朝鲜可以调整射程。”韩国半官方的韩联社报道说，在朝鲜东海岸的咸镜南道也出发现了一些可能是发射其他类型导弹的发射器。之前，美军太平洋司令部司令、海军上将塞缪尔。洛克利尔在华盛顿对美国参议院军事委员会确认，朝鲜至少有一枚中程弹道导弹被转移到朝鲜的东海岸。洛克利尔表示，如果朝鲜发射到威胁到美国在太平洋的基地或者韩国和日本等盟国的弹道导弹，美国军方有能力拦截。美国国会参议院军事委员会主席卡尔莱文参议员向洛克利尔询问了。美国与韩国新的联韩联合反挑衅计划的详细内容。这项计划制定了针对朝鲜有限军事行动的集中反应。洛克利尔上将表示，他不愿意在公开作证时提供这项计划的详细情况。So I am supportive of the plan, and I think it's a good one, and we we will continue. 他说：“我支持这项计划，我认为这是一个好的计划。我们会随时根据局势的发展调整计划。”尽管朝鲜半岛的局势越来越紧张，但是韩国首都首尔的气氛非常平静。首尔及周围地区拥有两千万人口，占整个韩国人口的将近一半
这是美国之音的中文广播。另外一方面，在全世界观望朝鲜是否会让紧张关系进一步升级，甚至挑起战争之际，美国之音记者在与朝鲜接壤的中国东北省份吉林和当地居民交谈，请他们来谈谈对时局的看法。吉林东部城市图门的一处边境检查站平静无事，一座窄桥开放通行，几辆货运大卡车沉重的驶过桥面，进入朝鲜一侧。从朝鲜返回中国的车辆，包括一座大型建筑起重机。放眼中朝界河图门江的另一侧，看不到多少活动迹象，只有一名孤零零的男子漫步走在河对岸。不过，外国记者一出现，中国警察迅速就做出了反应。美国知情记者刚到边境检查站，就被警察短暂拘留讯问。警察们说，从图门就看得出来，一切平安无事。不过，警察说，他们在这里也是为了保护记者的人身安全。可他们究竟要保护记者不受什么威胁，那就不清楚了。中国东北的吉林省有超过100万的朝鲜族人，其中很多生活在延吉市。延吉街头到处都是中韩两种语言的标记。连共产党的宣传口号也有韩文。延吉和朝鲜半岛及其经济密切相关，没有多少人对紧张局势有明显的担忧。一位姓李的女士说：“没有什么担心，担心倒没有，但是会关注那边的发展。”一位街道清洁工说：“他不认为现在到了战争一触即发的状态。”不过，这位男士说：“虽然我们这个离着朝鲜比较近嘛，如果真正打起来的话，对我们肯定生活上各方面，我估计肯定得有一定的影响。”延吉居民对朝鲜不透明的统治制度的起起落落早就习以为常了。谈论时局的时候，颇带几分调侃。有些人把朝鲜年轻的领导人金正恩戏称为“金三世”或者“金三”，玩笑归玩笑。有些人说。朝鲜有这么丰富的自然资源，只要少关心点军事，多注意一些经济，想繁荣发展非常容易。有些人认为朝鲜已经在这样做了。送货员陈先生觉得，金正恩的思路似乎很不同了。这个金正恩他的思路有了很大的转变，以前是先军政策，就是先发不管什么情况下先发展军事，而现在呢，他是啊、呃、军事和经济是同时要同时两手抓。这位陈先生还说，他对当今的中国外交政策和经济实力有信心。他感觉当年的所谓抗美援朝那种事情不会发生了。延吉等城市和吉林省正在寻找商机，并且在最近宣布了一项修建基础设施的计划，以改善中国和朝鲜之间的联系。美国之音时事经纬，欢迎收听。另外一方面，美国总统奥巴马提出总额为 3.77 万亿美元的2014年度美国联邦政府预算提案。奥巴马总统说，该预算是在财政上对中产阶级就业以及经济增长负责任的蓝图。奥巴马总统在白宫发表讲话时说，该预算将调整社会安全福利的计算方式，并改变针对企业和富人的税法。奥巴马总统的这一预算提案不能使国会两党议员都感到满意，而国会掌握着通过这项议案的权利。奥巴马承认，他所提的预算的某些部分并非最佳的选择，而是一种妥协。根据奥巴马的预算方案。
美国今后十年将通过增税和削减预算，减少近二万亿美元的赤字，其中包括对年收入一百万美元以及一百万美元以上的美国人征收至少为百分之三十的所得税。另外一方面，一名联合国高层官员警告说，如果以色列继续限制食品从过境点进入加沙地带，就会产生严重后果。联合国人道事务协调员罗利星期三说：“以色列的举措导致巴勒斯坦人面临基本食品和炊用燃料的短缺。”罗利还表示，包括规定地中海捕鱼量的限制措施损害了很多巴勒斯坦家庭的生计和权利。今年二月，以色列开始限制人员和物资通过凯雷姆。沙洛姆过境点作为对巴勒斯坦发动火箭袭击的回应。这是美国之音的时事经纬节目。欢迎回到美国之音时事经纬节目的播报现场。菲律宾官员表示，一艘疑似中国渔船上的十二名渔民面临几项罪名中第一项罪名的起诉。他们的渔船在菲律宾西南部一处受保护的群礁触礁。有关详情，请听美国之音记者奥伦戴恩从菲律宾发来的报道。图巴塔哈群岛海洋公园管理处表示，这艘渔船在海洋公园管理处办公设施附近搁浅。公园的工作人员为这艘疑似中国船拍了照。他们说，这艘船配备了渔具，但是船上没有鱼或其他海洋生物。图巴塔哈公园管理处的女发言人西蒙说：“根据菲律宾法律，这就足以控告他们非法捕鱼。The mere presence of a fishing vessel inside a protected area, particularly to Bataha, is a prima facie evidence. 一艘渔船出现在受保护的水域，尤其是图巴塔哈水域，这本身就是足够的捕鱼证据。即使他们没有被当场逮到捕鱼，这也没关系。”西蒙说：“下一步起诉的罪名包括非法进入、损坏礁石以及行贿罪。据说这些渔民试图塞给公园管理人员 2,400 美元，让他们放行。苏鲁海里面积达9万七千公顷的图巴塔哈群礁是联合国教科文组织认定的世界遗产，那里海洋生物种类繁多。这片群礁也是潜水爱好者喜欢去的地方。”这个地区离中国在南海提出主权要求的礁石和岛屿都很远。西蒙说，菲律宾海岸卫队负责监督把这艘48米长的渔船从礁石移走的作业。但是，菲律宾军方西部指挥部的发言人巴尼亚利亚少校证实，由于海上风大浪高，目前还没有开展作业。巴尼亚利亚说，有关官员仍在设法确认这些渔民是否是中国公民。他们说，这些人对军方提供的翻译说中文。他还说，三名中国使馆的官员星期三上午看过这十二名渔民。But of course they were not allowed to talk to them, but able to see them afar because. 他说，当然，他们没有获准同这些人说话，只是在远处能看见他们的位置，看了看他们。预计。菲律宾当局在起诉这十二名渔民之后，会允许中国外交官和他们见面。星期三，有一二十名抗议者举着标语牌到马尼拉的中国领事馆抗议，牌子上写着要求中国离开图巴塔哈的字样
，记者给中国大使馆发言人打电话，但是没有人接听。将近一年前，菲律宾和中国船只曾经在靠近菲律宾北部的南中国海水域一处有争议的岛礁对峙，这也是近几个月来在图巴塔哈群礁第二次发生搁浅。今年一月，美国海军扫雷艇“卫士号”在那里搁浅了73天。为了防止这个群礁受到进一步损坏，菲律宾当局拆解了扫雷艇，用吊车把拆解下来的部件吊走，最后一片船体在十天前刚吊走。菲律宾政府要求美国支付大约150万美元的罚款，说搁浅破坏了 2,345 平方米的珊瑚礁。图巴塔哈管理处的发言人西蒙说，管理处估计移走这艘渔船不需要那么长时间。因为它的船身比62米长的美国海军“卫士号”要短。这是美国之音的中文广播。您现在收听的是美国之音的时事经纬节目。台湾与日本星期三在台北举行的渔业会谈后签署了协议。扩大了台湾渔民在钓鱼岛附近作业的范围。有关详情，请听美国之音记者杨晨从台北发来的报道。台湾的东亚关系协会会长廖了已与日本交流协会会长大桥光夫签署了台日渔业协议。廖了已说：“真是鼓舞人心的一项成果。”这个经过十七年谈判达成的协议，扩大了台湾渔民在钓鱼岛周边海域作业的范围。在会谈后的记者会上。台湾外交部部长林永乐说：“我国的渔民在协议适用海域的作业权益会获得充分的保障，作业的范围也会扩大，大约是一千四百平方海里，大约是四千五百三十平方公里。”对于人们关心的钓鱼岛主权问题，林永乐表示：“台湾在主权立场上没有任何退让。”协议列入免责条款。他说，钓鱼台列于周边海域基线十二海里，将不包括在协议适用范围。过去，台湾和日本多次发生捕鱼纠纷，这次签署的协议被认为是日本做出了妥协，向台湾释放善意。中国外交部已经表示，对台湾、日本的协议严重关切，并希望日本恪守在台湾问题上的承诺。美国军记者杨晨台北报道。The Voice of America 这里是美国之音的中文广播。日本与台湾星期三正式签署的渔业协定，搁置了钓鱼岛的主权争议，允许台湾渔船在钓鱼岛十二海里以外的海域进行捕鱼作业。有关详情，请听美国之音特约记者小玉从东京发来的报道。星期三下午，日台双方在台北签署的渔业协定。为长达17年的协商画上了句号。协定没有触及最大焦点岛屿主权问题，主要就日台渔船捕鱼作业区域进行了划分。协定规定，在钓鱼岛12海里以外设定协议适用海域。日本媒体分析，日本政府不惜做出让步，与台湾签署渔业协定，目的是要制约中国。日本的读卖新闻分析。日本政府试图利用协定牵制中国，阻断中台在岛屿争端的合作。日本的《朝日新闻》认为，日本在渔业权上做出让步来离间中台的做法，势必引起中国的反弹
。中国外交部发言人洪磊星期三就此表明重大关注，敦促日本恪守台湾问题的约定。日本冲绳渔民不满政府做出让步，冲绳县渔业协同组合联合会渔政科科长钱博表示，如果协定如同报道内容，冲绳渔民将无法接受。他说。他说：“如果把日中关系置于协定的考量中，不顾冲绳渔民的利益，这样的协定是无法接受的。”他说：“这一海域即将进入金枪鱼捕鱼旺季。”担心冲绳渔民的利益受到损害。日台渔业协商始于1996年，双方先后展开了16次会谈，始终因岛屿主权问题迟迟不见进展。去年11月，日台时隔四年重新交涉，并且在星期三的第17次谈判中正式签署协定，协定将在大约一个月以后正式生效。美国之音 TV 记者小玉东京报道。美国之音，欢迎收听。您现在收听的是美国之音的时事经纬节目。另外一方面，四家主要的日本汽车制造公司将在世界各地召回大约三百四十万辆汽车，原因是气袋可能存在问题。丰田、日产、本田和马自达星期四分别表示，前排乘客一侧的气袋存在充气不正常的问题，因此需要召回。这四家汽车制造公司说，气袋问题可能导致爆裂或起火。这些气袋是日本汽车配件厂高田公司制造的，目前还没有有关人员伤亡的报道。美国之音时事经纬，欢迎收听。欢迎回到美国之音时事经纬节目的播报现场。中国全军和武警部队5月1日开始将统一使用新式的军车号码，被正式启用的2012式军车牌号将取代4月30日废止的2004式军车牌号。有关详情，请听美国之音记者宇州在华盛顿的报道。中国媒体说，这次更换新式军车牌号，重点是通过落实防造假、防滥发、防乱挂、防丢失、防盗用等五防要求，建立严格规范的管理秩序，有效维护军队良好形象。据称，此举旨在防止非军用车辆、非装备豪华车辆使用军车号牌，防止军车号牌造假、乱挂、盗用等现象。中央军委委员、总后勤部部长赵克石在接受采访时曾表示，要把强化军车及其排证管理作为贯彻落实习主席和中央军委依法治军、从严治军要求，加强部队风气建设、树立人民军队良好形象的重大举措，深入持久开展起来。此外，赵克石说，军方将通过运用信息技术，完善法规制度。和排证审批、核发和使用全过程的严格化等手段，来加强打击制造、贩卖和使用假冒军车车号牌的行为。
从源头上根治军车管理中存在的突出问题。北京的评论人士张礼凡对美国之音表示，军车最常见同时最为人所知的特权就是上高速公路无需交费。非法使用军车牌者通常路径很多，包括简单的直接挂上弄来的军牌，复杂一些的花钱雇佣军方司机当驾驶等等。不过，军牌车特权现象仅仅是中共特权体制下的现象之一。他说：“军牌车当然是特权的一种，那只能限制一般的特权。军牌车被用的太烂，对他们这个体制自己来讲也有。”不安全的地方。今后这五年呢，它可能会缩小特权集团的范围，但是圈内的这个特权不会有任何的削弱。包子有馅儿不在褶儿上嘛？张立凡表示，中共缩小特权范围之后，将更加容易垄断，还能减少社会负面反应，并且可以借反腐之名清理门户。有网友评论说：“同军人一样，军牌其实没什么特权。军车违章违纪也由军事交通管理部门执法，只不过因为军队有自己的管理体系，说白了就是违章的军车不是地方交警的管辖范围。既然有了这个管不着，所以就有某些挂军牌的车辆自然不按地方的规章行事了。”另有人在互联网上说，按规定肯定没特权，可是呢，天天看着他们在公交专用道上飞驰，交警也不管，这的确让人寒心。有分析称，从官方文件所说的五防可以看出，中国的军车牌在社会上被造假、滥发、乱挂和盗用等现象，似乎令人防不胜防，有关法规形同虚设。以上是美国之音记者宇宙从美国首都华盛顿为您所做的采访报道。美国之音，欢迎收听。The Voice of America。您现在收听的是美国之音的时事经纬节目。中国官方媒体新华社报道说，六个省的居民由于在网上张贴有关 H7N9 禽流感疫情的。不实资讯而遭到逮捕。有关详情，下面是美国之音记者黄耀义在华盛顿的报道。中国公安部打四黑除四害的微博账号发布道：一些网民在微博、QQ 空间编造 H7N9 疫情谣言的情况，各地警方及时进行查处，抓获十余人，其中陕西西安一人、安徽濮阳一人、浙江慈溪三人、贵州贵阳三人、安徽黄山一人。江苏昆山一人，福建宁德一人，上述人员发布的信息纯属虚构，引起不必要的恐慌。上个月开始的禽流感疫情日益升温，在中国东部目前已经有九人死亡，三十一人确定感染。一名在安徽的网民因为在微博上散发有关于感染信息而被行政拘留七天。这次中国政府对于 H7N9 的处理受到国际专家的称赞。世界卫生组织驻中国专家迈克尔·奥利里说：“中国卫生和计生委至少每天向他回报两次最新情况。”荷兰伊拉斯莫医学中心的流感专家欧斯特豪斯说：“事情大有改善。”不过，中国网民依旧担忧，有些人怀疑中国政府为何拖延好几个星期才公布有关 H7N9 病例的消息。
一名在上海附近的四流感病患死亡。消息却在互联网上流传了好几个星期之后，中国官方才证实，的确是 H7N9。中国官员也就由微博发布有关于禽流感的言论。中国空军大校军事战略家戴旭在其微博上将矛头指向美国。他说：“对于最近风靡的禽流感，国家高层部门一定不要高调。”否则就会像2003年的非典那样上当。当时 M 国为了打伊拉克，怕中国趁机采取其他行动，所以对中国使用了生物心理武器。中国举国乱作一团，正中 M 国下怀。现在 M 国故技重施，中国要吸取教训，从容应对即可。路透社报道，一名微博网民认为，其实人们基本上并不担忧禽流感，担心的是隐瞒以及缺乏透明度。对于政府的不信任，远高过于对 H7N9 的恐惧。许多中国民众对于2002年非典流感 SARS 发生时，中国政府不够透明的处理方式心有余悸。而1990年代中国政府隐瞒因为输血感染造成的艾滋村，也引发人民对于政府隐瞒疫情的担忧。即使在2010年，因为九岁时输血而感染艾滋病的田喜也被判刑。并且成为河南政府的稳控对象。美国之音记者黄耀义，华盛顿报道。下面请听一篇美国政府的政策声明。美国之音并不代表美国政府发言。美国政府推动全世界的教育交流，以增进全球的理解与合作。最近，美国政府采取行动，增加了美国大学生在古巴生活和学习的机会。美国国务院3月29日宣布，与被认可的美国大专院校合作的教育机构，现在将有资格获得特殊许可，提供在古巴学习可获取学分的教育项目。作为奥巴马总统增加美国和古巴人民之间接触交往这一承诺的一部分，美国政府在2011年修改了相关规定，允许美国的大学在这个加勒比岛国开展教育交流项目。目前，根据这一政策变化启动教育交流项目的美国大学还相对很少，很多希望把在古巴学习作为自己学业组成部分的学生，因此而无法如愿。现在通过这些教育机构，也就是人们所说的学术服务提供商，大学本科生和研究生有了更多在国外学习的选择。这其中包括那些本身没有独立的古巴项目，但是准备为在古巴的正式学习授予学分的大专院校。美国财政部外国资产管制处将对学术服务提供商的许可申请进行个案审理。今年三月，已经有一个项目获得批准。扩大这些教育交流项目的目的在于，使美国大专院校的学生以及古巴的公民社会通过更多的接触和互相理解而获益。以上播出的是一篇美国政府的政策声明，美国之音并不代表美国政府发言。